name is Anna Maria Rollin, and I chair the Heritage and Archives Committee of the Royal College of Anesthetists. I'm a retired consultant anesthetist. Today's podcast is the first in a series of podcasts looking at the heritage of the Royal College of Anesthetists and at the history of anesthesia. This episode will be chaired by Dr. Karan Verma, who is an anesthetic trainee and a member of the Heritage and Archives Committee of the Royal College of Anesthetists. And he will be talking to Ms. Caroline Hansen, who is the Heritage Manager at the Association of Anesthetists. I'm delighted that our very first podcast will look at the first, at the very close working relationship between the college and the association. And Karan and Caroline will be exploring that for us. Caroline will also tell us, I think, about the forthcoming exhibition at the Heritage Center, which is called Going Viral, Contagion, Pestilence and Pandemics, which is about as relevant as it could possibly be at the moment. I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. Karan, off you go. Thank you, Dr. Rowling. Hello, I'm Karan Verma. I am an anesthetic trainee in the East of England Deanery, and I also happen to be in the privileged position as a trainee member of the Heritage and Archives Committee at the college. Caroline. Hi, Maria. Um, I'm Caroline. I'm the Heritage Manager at the Association, and I've been there since uh, September 2019. And previously I've worked in uh, a, a many number of different museums. Um, so although I've never worked in a medical museum, this is my first one, um, I have a wealth of experience of working in museums. And over to you, Karan, would you like to start talking? To Thank Caroline? you, Dr. Millen. Hello, Caroline. Uh, let Hi. me start this podcast by asking something that even I am actually very curious about. The Heritage Centre comes under the aegis of the Association of Anesthetists. And this is as a college podcast. Could you begin by telling us a bit more about the association and the college and how these two bodies do have a heritage committee? They work together. Of course. Uh, so the association was formed in 1932. So we were the first official body for uh, anaesthetists. And uh, back then, as it is today, it was really about raising the status of anaesthetists and also raising the standards of training for them to better improve patient safety. So it was 1932. A few years later, at 1935, uh, the AGM suggested that we should have a collection of historic equipment and it wasn't actually until 1953 I think that we actually got that um, in the form of a collection from Charles King which I can talk about a little bit maybe later. So that's how the association was formed and actually the college was formed in 1948 it wasn't actually the college then, I think it was the Faculty of Anaesthetists, um, but it was actually the immediate past president of the association that actually put forward the petition and idea to establish a Faculty of Anaesthetists, as it was then within the Royal College of Surgeons of England. So he became the first president of the college 
Um, and really, I guess from then, that was our really close working relationship between the two organisations. The association helped establish the college and we've been working together ever since. Thank you very much. And we really thank the college and uh, the association, how they all started and are working together. So for those who don't know, what is the Heritage Centre? So it's, um, it's, it's, it's a few things. It's the Anesthesia Museum. It's a library and it's also an archive. So the three kind of entities come together under the umbrella of the Anesthesia Heritage Centre. And we are based at the association headquarters in Portland Place. So I think just before 2002, when we moved into that building, it was actually previously, the collection was previously known as the BOC Museum, which was the British Oxygen Company Museum. And then around about 2002, when we moved into the new headquarters and our own building, um, that's when it became the Anesthesia Heritage Centre. Wonderful. So what is the basic aim of this Heritage Centre? We are about education, I would say, first and foremost. Uh, that's kind of where we sit within the organisation in terms of the long term strategy. Uh, we sit within the charitable arm of the association, which is the foundation, and that is one of the objectives of the uh, foundation is around education within anaesthesia. And um, our vision as the, the centre is to link the past with the present and keep alive the history of our specialty through education, information and preserving our heritage. So that is what we do on a day-to-day -day basis in uh, a variety of different ways. Well, that's a great aim and theme and how, you know, the preservation stays of our, you know, anesthesia. So what sort of collections are there exactly? So, as I mentioned, we have the library. So yeah. there is a vast collection of books relating to anaesthesia. We also have catalogues relating to medical equipment, which are really fun and interesting. Um, the oldest publication, I think, is 1754. And then the newest one we acquired actually last year. So just to show that we are still collecting um, across the library. And then we have the archive. So this is vast <laughs> and it includes the business archive, which is the archive of the association. So that can be anything from board minutes to programs for our various conferences to merchandise that we've produced, um, anything really related to the association and its activities. And then we have a collection or several collections of personal papers. So these are linked to eminent anaesthetists. We also have hospital collections. So that actually includes objects or anaesthetic equipment, but also the related literature with, that goes with them. We have a technical literature uh, collection, which is all the kind of brochures related to the equipment. Again, these are fascinating, especially some of the imagery uh, particularly in the 70s. We have a film collection, which at the at the moment is being digitised. So that's that's fabulous. And we hope to make those accessible to people online. And then we have the museum. So 
these are the old pieces of equipment and new pieces of equipment, I should say. We're always developing the collection to make sure that it's relevant and up to date and that we're showing those technological advances through time. And so the collection was formed, I think I mentioned earlier, back in 1953 with just 79 items. Uh, mm. Now we've got over 13,000 across these collections. And it started from Charles King's collection. Then we had donations from hospitals that were closing down anaesthetic departments or moving. And then we have individual donors that give us their old pieces of equipment. And something that's recent to our program is contemporary collecting. So that is ensuring, like I said, that we're, we're maintaining the relevance of the items in the collection for now and for, you know, in the future. So our recent collecting was around COVID-19 and also the uh, Commonwealth Games where some of our anaesthetists were medical officers. So oh. it's trying to sort of represent anaesthetists in every walk of their life. You know, they're not just in the operating theatre. So I think that's really, that's really important to show. And we can do that through collecting. So, yes. <laughs> well, that's lovely, like how there's a vast spread, as you said, not just in theatres, but in different old facets. And uh, just to clarify, um, as you talked of uh, uh, Charles King, and that's a coincidence that we have the coronation of His Majesty King Charles, but this we is do. a different <laughs> author, Charles King, yeah. and who was an anesthetic instrument manufacturer. And so for people who probably don't know a bit much, he was an engineer who fought in World War One, and set up his own business and uh, had friends with Dr. Ivan McGill. And his showroom became so famous they were described by Waters as the mecca for anesthetists <laughs> worldwide. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And the real interesting bit was that this interest in apparatus was just not limited to new inventions, but he built his collection by exchanging new equipment for old. It was very innovative. That stuff he could not collect, he manufactured. Yeah. And I am told that these demonstrations of equipment prior to examinations were mandatory for all anesthetists in training at that time. And uh, he served as an honorary fellow of the section of anesthetists of mm -hmm. the Royal Society of Medicine. So, I mean, and they all say that this is a tribute to the association to have inherited such a rich collection. And I guess whoever is there is able to treasure and hopefully understand how everything has come up. Yes, that's amazing. You've done your history, um, your research. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, was, I was just interested last time, so I, yeah, this was nice to know. There was also um, a fact that I love is that he, when he operated out of his shop, his original shop on Devonshire Street, it got bombed during the Second World War. And so he was so determined to keep, you know, the business going that he then operated out of the back of his car on the street until he then moved into another property on the same road further down the road. I think I can't remember the numbers, but yeah. So he just was all about it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, and so um, I'd just like to know a bit about uh, where are you exactly located? And are you open all like five days of the week? Yeah, so we are based at the headquarters at 21 Portland Place. And we are open Monday to Friday, 10 to 4. 
Um, anybody can visit. You don't have to be a member of the college or the association. Open to the public. It's free. Come along uh, and, and have a visit. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you for building such a nice background. And now it all does seem to make sense. So let's get straight to the point about the exhibition about going viral, contagion, pestilence and pandemics. So how and why was this subject matter chosen? That's a good question. Um, so at our last Heritage Committee meeting, we had a few topics up for debate for the subject of our next temporary exhibition. And I think everybody felt that this was a really suitable subject given its recent history. And also that the word pandemic is now really in people's minds. So we felt like it was a really good time to discuss this topic. And also not just the word pandemic, also anaesthetists. I think you know, they, they became a lot more well-known uh, throughout the pandemic. And so we really wanted to honor what anaesthetists did during the COVID pandemic, but also look back through history at what anaesthetists did through other epidemics and pandemics. Because actually for around about the last 180 years, roughly since modern anaesthesia in 1846, anaesthetists have been there managing disease outbreaks, investigating causes of them, developing equipment, developing the first intensive care unit that was an anaesthetist. And they've taken their skills and their knowledge from the operating theatre to the intensive care units. And I guess that also kind of comes back to wanting to explore that with our visitors, that anaesthetists are not just in the operating theatre. So we wanted to look at three periods of history and three anaesthetists and so in the exhibition we look at Jon Snow mm -hmm. who I'm sure many people know uh, or have at least heard of so his contribution to um, the investigation and the causes of the cholera pandemic in London in the 1840s and then we look move forward a century and we look at a Danish anaesthetist who developed a new technique for keeping thousands of patients alive or hundreds of patients alive um, who had polio, paralytic polio, and then up to date with the COVID pandemic. So, yeah. So thank you very much for talking about all the contributions of anaesthetists to these diseases. And it's interesting to see how uh, we kind of go back, but start it all from the COVID-19 pandemic, which obviously has kind of resonated with a lot of people and perhaps uh, the role of anesthesiologists and anesthetists will be appreciated by colleagues and public in general. Um, and you did allude a bit to Jon Snow and for people who perhaps uh, are not too much aware that he did a lot of work on chloroform which he's very famous for, but there were other bits, which was the methodology, as you mentioned, about investigating the cholera epidemic. And uh, he perhaps was uh, very important to get this germ theory of diseases started. And I think he found out about the specific broad state water pump where he could trace the cholera cases. And they said that removal of that pump saw the decline of the epidemic of cholera. Yeah. And that sets a foundation for the modern contact tracing, which we believe also worked very well during the COVID-19 mm -hmm. pandemic. 
So there's a nice parallel with giving good credit to Jon Snow. We should have had you as a co-curator on the exhibition. <laughs> We've not covered that. <laughs> I still could have that role in the future. Yes. And I believe the Danish anesthetists you're referring to is Bjorn Ibsen. Yeah. Who confronted the 1952 Copenhagen polio epidemic. And that was when we had the iron lungs and everybody talked of negative pressure ventilation until he saw that there's a lot of alkalosis in these patients. And he said, this is perhaps not the right way. So he got the way to develop positive pressure ventilation, getting a tracheostomy done, getting tubes down them. It, but I found it more fascinating how he set up this intensive care medicine. He got medical students to ventilate patients round the clock. Yeah. And it was profound that he had these patients placed geographically with the nursing staff to cope with such a problem. So they said, this is how the first ICU came up, but it is the anesthesiologist whom we give all this credit for. And this was a very novel idea at that time. So that's another interesting parallel between how um, the field has developed. And that's Absolutely. nice that uh, people will be hopefully able to appreciate all this. Yes, and, and whilst we can't have an iron lung on display because the museum is, is quite small, um, we're hosting a mini exhibition at Nuffield Place, the National Trust property, um, where they do have an iron lung on display. Mm -hmm. So if anyone does come and thinks, oh, I really want to see one, then they can head on over there and um, see one on display. And we'll also have a couple of interpretation boards there talking about the relationship between Nuffield and Macintosh, Robert Macintosh, yes. and also anesthesia and ventilation generally. So that's that's a great thing. Thank you for the heads up. So whoever are going to go kind of know where to head for the add and lung also. Uh, are there any uh, future events you could give us a sneak peek about? Yes, uh, we have a, a whole annual, so a whole year of programming uh, related to the exhibition. So it's a real mix of talks, workshops, family workshops so hopefully there's something of interest for everybody our first event is the 5th of April at 21 Portland Place and it's a collaboration between ourselves the Cartoon Museum and Punch Magazine looking at how pandemics are represented in cartoons and then there is going to be a mini workshop after that where you can create your own cartoons and that will be led by one of the team at the Cartoon Museum and then we also have a couple of family workshops coming up in April and the May half terms where we're going to be looking at uh, the respiratory system and breathing and you can make your own artwork from That's bubbles, cool. bubbles of ink. Um, and Maria is going to be kindly helping us with that. And also we're going to have one where we uh, talk about some of the techniques that anaesthetists use to get you off to sleep, uh, where we look at injections basically and how you work out the correct dosage and then the children can have a go at injecting, injecting a model and giving their own anaesthetic. Interesting. But it's lovely to know that you have uh, something for all different ages. 
and kids and family can come alike and hopefully um, they can take pictures, uh, spread it on social media. That will be interesting to know. And uh, so we should use the Twitter handles for the Heritage Centre. Absolutely. Now you've put me on the spot. It's at nothing catchy. It's at A-N-A-E-S underscore heritage. <laughs> definitely you should definitely follow us on there if you aren't already that's where all our events will be posted as you say we'll be tweeting about the exhibition throughout you know the year as we as we explore different things and also there are some very just fun things that we we explore on there on Tuesdays and Wednesdays in particular where you can have a go at guess the object and Wednesday wisdom so do follow us yes thank you <laughs> Wednesday wisdom it is then yeah <laughs> one i must confess i have yet to visit the center but that's on my agenda and my interest has definitely been aroused <laughs> is there anything else you would like us to know i guess just to say which you sort of alluded to there karan but that hopefully there will be something for everybody we've tried to incorporate different sort of interpretation methods so we have the exhibition itself which uses objects and, and interpretation panels but we've also created a film with some animation incorporated into it which use our oral histories that we collected during the pandemic so we really wanted to sort of bring bring those to life really and again allow our visitors to see what the our anaesthetist did during the pandemic and we're going to have some photo opportunities where you can dress up in a plague mask and modern day PPE and have your photograph taken and so yes hopefully there'll be lots of different things for people to do if they come and visit so please do it opens on the 3rd of April I should say thank you that's all very interesting Caroline, I must thank you very much for such an insightful talk and taking us back in time on this wondrous journey and getting to know so much about our heritage. Well, thank you too, because I learned something today as well. <laughs> so, every day is a school day. Sure. So we can <laughs> see at a glance how anesthesiology and epidemiology have very little in common. But from its inception, anesthesiology has had a big impact on public health. Mm. And hopefully this reflection will give us to know about the contributions to the management of epidemics ahead. So the question is, how different will society see us as anesthetists? Are there gonna be any reforms for handling any future pandemics? With these questions to dwell upon, I shall bid goodbye. Thank you. Some, some big questions to big end questions. on there. <laughs> Thank you both very much. That was absolutely fascinating, both from a historical perspective and then looking philosophically into the future. The only thing I would like to add is what was already alluded to is bringing children to the Anesthesia Heritage Centre Sometimes people are a little reluctant because they think it's all going to be difficult and scientific, but it's it's an amazing place to bring kids because they can do things and it it dispels some of the mystique and some of the fear of anesthesia when they can handle masks and ECGs and syringes and the kids, as Caroline will bear out, actually love the workshops. And if you're an anesthetist listening, bring your children. 
they will then learn something about what you do during the day when you vanish. And the kids, as I say, love it. I should say, Maria, when you mentioned syringes there, we do risk assess everything. Of course, of <laughs> course. <laughs> it's all very safe and very controlled, but enormous fun. So I would encourage you not only to come, but to, to bring your children and your grandchildren, as I do mine. Um, it just remains for me to thank you both for a, a very, very interesting uh, podcast a very worthy start to the series, um, the Anesthesia on Air podcasts, which will, I hope, there, I hope there will be several more to follow this one. Um, just to reiterate, the exhibition, which is going viral, Contagion, Pestilence and Pandemics, opens at the Association of Anesthetists on the 3rd of April. And I hope very much to see you all there. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.